0: Hi, this is Robert Schuler with Melissa's Produce and you're listening in on Cord Vines and Die. good afternoon. You are listening to Chords, Vines, and Dines with your hostess, with the mostess.
1: Me, Cat Ellis. Hi, Tom.
0: Hi, and I'm Tom Plant. And uh, once again, we've got a great lineup of guests for you. I'm excited about today's show.
1: Oh, we always have a great lineup, but boy, I tell you, it just keeps getting better and better. And we've got my friend, Prince Fleet Easton. I know. His music. What an entertainer. We just listened to a little bit of his new one, Shine. Shine. Yes. And we're gonna hear that in its entirety along with his his other song that was just released in December, Why Can't Christmas Be Here Every Day, which yeah. is a soundtrack.
0: Why can't it?
1: Yeah, wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> I, That's a soundtrack to the movie hashtag blessed, which was released last Christmas. So yeah. we're gonna uh I we're gonna hear that later on after his interview, but what a talent. I am so excited to have him um just feel totally, as I said, blessed. able to get him because he has this uh, incredible schedule
0: we also have dr marinda Kruger from first leaf and uh, she's from south africa amazing woman what a nice visit we had and i know you fell in love with with her accent (laughs) i love
1: that accent boy i tell you that was just so beautiful i could listen to her talk all the time
0: but we had her on as a guest in honor of earth day which we just celebrated uh, and First Leaf, which is the company she works for, specializes in eco-friendly wines, everything down to the packaging and the corks and the sustainability and how they treat their, the people who work there. Uh, they, they examine every single aspect before they uh, accept them as a, a winery that they'll deal with.
1: And speaking of Earth, what, earth Day, we just <laughs> went to, uh, well, we went to Mount Palomar Winery yesterday. yesterday.
0: Had a, we They've just started doing weekend brunch. It's Saturday and Sunday and Wow, was that good.
1: That was good. And then we went on to Armstrong Nursery and g- got plants and and um, ladybugs.
0: Ladybugs. So I'm we both v- have ladybugs for our yards. We uh, st- have made a quick stop at Robert Renzoni Vineyard, which was fun. Yes. And tasty. And uh, we have one more guest, uh, with Matthew Kenslow. Uh, yes. W- w- you visited with him. I had a an appointment that ran quite late, so I missed all of Prince Fleet Eastwood, Easton's uh, interview And half of Matthew Kenslow. Matthew uh, uh, was diagnosed with Asperger's syndrome when he was six. Uh, That's now considered part of the autism spectrum.
1: Yes, that itself is no longer recognized as a diagnosis, and it is part of the autism spectrum disorder, ASD. Correct. So we've got a lot going on that because, as you know, uh, autism is very dear and close to my heart.
0: Yes, you have a 13-year-old grandson (laughs) who's on the spectrum, as they say.
1: Did you know that 0.5% of the population uh, in 2015 was diagnosed with
0: ASD? That's incredible. That's hard and to And more
1: it. males than females. Right. So.
0: Well, before we uh, move into our interview with Dr. Miranda Krueger, let's thank our official produce sponsor, Melissa's mm-hmm. Produce. And uh, that uh, purple potato salad that we made last weekend was so oh, God. good. Mm-hmm. And the ingredients that big box that came from Melissa's with organic cucumbers and celery and scallions and red uh, purple potatoes and uh, red bell peppers uh, and along with the recipe, they have hundreds on their uh, website melissas.com.
1: It's my turn next time to make you, something and I'm bet. going to I'll go onto their uh, website and I'm going to pick out one of their recipes. Perfect, Perfect. Have to outdo you? <laughs> you know. I know you it's you get a, a good one.
0: Not a competition. Yes, it is. Okay, friendly, friendly competition. <laughs>
1: friendly competition. So should we get on to uh, with Miranda?
0: Let's do that. Well, I know you could listen to her voice all day long. I so. know. <laughs> Dr. Miranda Kruger. Welcome to Chords, Vines, and Dines, uh, Tom Plant and...
1: Cat Ellis.
0: And we're just delighted to have Dr. Miranda Kruger, who is the director of winemaking in First Leaf. I'm just fascinated. You have... Uh, You were awarded the O1A Extraordinary Ability in Science, known as the Genius Visa. Congratulations!
2: Thank you very much, and it's such an honor to speak to you. I'm looking forward to our chat. Thank you very, very much.
0: You're you're so welcome. And, and of course, we're speaking to you because of uh, Earth Day, and uh, by the time uh, this airs, uh, Earth Day will have passed, but it's something that I certainly look forward to celebrating every year and would love to hear more about First Leaf. Tell us about First Leaf.
2: Yes, so First Leaf is a direct-to-customer wine uh, company. We import from 12 different countries um, um, throughout globally our wines into the U.S. We import um, in bulk, which we can speak a little about later why we do that, because it's all about sustainability, and then we bottle and distribute direct to customers. So we have members and we curate a wine box according to what our members preferences are and how we do that is actually they complete a quiz on our website on firstleaf.com and by answering the quiz and by the amazingly amount of data points we have of a wine we can curate a box which we feel is within the taste profile of a customer. And once the customer has received their first box of wine, they, of course, rate the wines after they add to drink it. And then the algorithm learns more and more about you. And as time goes by, refines the selection of your wines so that you are absolutely 100% happy with the wines that you always receive from us.
0: Now, you're from South Africa, correct?
2: I'm from South Africa, yes. I started with first leave at the end of September last year and um, this is my seventh month with the company and I absolutely love it. I love Napa. I think it's, I'm very happy. People are super friendly, really feel at home.
0: I'm headed your way in just a couple of weeks. I'm going to visit a friend of mine who's a Cabernet producer in Napa.
2: Okay, well, there you go, Napa country, for sure, you must pop in and come and say hi. We're in, our um, head office is obviously in Napa, so very easy to to get
0: to us. Well, I'd love to do that, and I'm looking at your chart, this is wonderful, Uh, it says I like wines that are either crisp and bright, aromatic, crisp and bright, ripe and fruity, you give people uh, all these choices, and then uh, suggestions, Uh, if you'd like a crisp and bright wine you suggest an Ehren, a Chenin Blanc, a Bredejo, or a Vermentino. And this uh, yes. South African Chenin Blanc is delightful, Miranda.
2: Thank you very much. Chenin Blanc does very well in South Africa. Um, it produces very fruity wines with a bright acidity, easy to drink. Of course, it can be made in different styles, but the most popular style of Chenin Blanc is the one you're having. And Primera Blanc um, is an Afrikaans word that is that translates to first leaf.
0: Okay. And Kat, how so the do you. First how are you... Leaf oh, the go wine
2: ahead. after winter. <laughs> and your
0: company is first leaf, so that's perfect.
2: Yes, yes. That's exactly that,
1: right. yes. I was to say, I love your accent. Your...
2: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. I've been told that so many times here that, that they love my accent. So I'm very happy that they do love it because I love being here. <laughs>
0: oh, well, welcome, welcome to uh, California. We're, we're delighted to have yeah. you here.
2: Thank you very, very much.
1: This wine that we're drinking is very, very nice, very lovely. I, I really do uh, am enjoying this. Um, yes. Um, so think- that
2: isn't what we, that's one of our eco-friendly wines that we have um, in our portfolio. And um, I can, if you want me, I can quickly elaborate why we call it an eco-friendly wine.
0: Yes, please.
2: So um, we... As a company, uh, we have long-term relationships with vineyards and with the winemakers. So we really get to know them very well. And I specifically, of course, know this winery personally coming from South Africa also very well. And we look at sustainability practices from vineyard right through... To it, when it lands on the doorstep of a customer. So when we talk about sustainability, of course, we know we get organic certified wines, biodynamic certified wines, and I'm not going to go into that, but we, we classify wines into eco-friendly or not. And of course, we would want all our wines to be eco-friendly if possible. So when we talk about eco-friendly, it's about are the resources on farm level or vineyard level managed through to the winery as well and resources we are talking about valuable water resources do they use drip irrigation because drip irrigation is a way of of managing water but also dry farming which is also important um, to manage your water resources are they planting varietals that are for instance in areas drought resistant and more and more growers are leaning into that as well Many growers sort of collaborate and share resources for um, cooperative wineries that has a lot of growers bring out charters that is sensitive to in, to preserve in the environment um, and anything that they do, do, they monitor the impact of that. Some of our growers use horses, for instance, or they share between using horses and tractors um, um, on the farms um, as well. Energy efficiency, like solar power, is, of course, um, one of the guidelines we look at um, when we want um, or doing the criteria of eco-friendly wines. Water conservation, um, if vineyards are close to dams or natural lakes, there are, of course, strict guidelines and regulations that need to be followed because of that, because it's protected. Wastewater management is extremely important in the winery so that it doesn't land into rivers. And of course, um, for instance, in South Africa and in the European wineries, I know for certain that the amount of wastewater must be documented and there must be a program to rehabilitate this water, either use it for irrigation, or other uses that does not impact the environment. And then of course, the waste reduction in the winery when you use certain things like bentonite, bentonite clay, how do you dispose of that? Filtration is a process in bottling as well as in the, in the winery. And these days you get ceramic filters that has no waste. Where in the olden days you get bulk filters and paper, where they use paper filters, which which sort of generated the waste. So we, we lean towards using um, equipment or practices that reduces waste management um, or waste reduction. And then, of course, also what's important specifically in certain countries is social responsibility. How are the workers that work in the vineyard and in the winery taken care of? Are they being paid? The, uh, the, the correct wages, time management. Do they have facilities and those kind of things? We also, uh, of course, look at and if there are other programs, for instance, schools, and things that growers invest as well for the children of these workers. Um, so that's quite a quite a uh, uh, quite a big big criteria set we do look at, and then of course other eco friendly. Um, things that one could also do, for instance, is um, energy efficiency, as I say, solar power. But some of our producers have certifications in the leadership in energy and in environmental design. So when you design something, you actually look at how can you conserve energy um, in that way. And then, of course, also fighting climate change um, um, is, is of great concern globally um, these days. And then also, one of our growers are planting trees, for instance, in South Africa, that um, protects and proliferates the honeybee. So, because honeybees are are a threatening species for extinction, and also, of course, it does attract trees, the um, natural habitat, uh, habitat of birds, which um, helps for. Um, your preys and in insects so it's a natural way of preserving the ecosystem within a vineyard and of course lastly we do look at what pesticides and herbicides and fungicides are used and not synthetic synthetic ones for instance so those are those are quite a lot of things and i'm from from first leaf side our uh, the way we ship wine to our customer is in a, a, a in a moulded fibre eco-casing, which is made from recycled newspaper. And all the, the packaging that we use, the glass, um, the porks and the capsules can be recycled. So if consumers can take part in this sustainability um, initiative, mindset awareness by recycling.
0: Well, thank you for for bringing our listeners' awareness to this. And what I also think is remarkable, this wine. Even if you're not a member of First Leaf, is seventeen dollars. If you're if you join First Leaf, yeah. it drops down to thirteen and change. That's incredible. The price is incredible. Yes. Yes, we. I think by doing that, uh, we make wine accessible for
2: for most. Nearly everybody. And what's amazing about First Leaf, it's the world of exploration because we bring the world of wine to the doorstep of the customer. And I encourage customers um, and people that are interested to go to our website, firstleaf.com. We have a wine school section there where they can read about uh, our. Uh, sustainability they can see our whole portfolio on the website and as you say you can just buy from the wine store or you can sign up and then of course if you sign up there are quite a number of benefits and that you that you can take part of by being a member.
1: Morenda how did you get started into the wine industry?
2: Uh, That's a long story. (laughs) Um, no, it's not such a long story. I just had an amazing, <laughs> amazing, interesting path into the wine industry. I was born in a, in on the, south, on the east coast of South Africa, and, and no, there wasn't a vine in sight. No. Um, the vineyards are all in the Western Cape, but I had a dad. My father was always very intrigued in wine, and he had a wine collection um so i grew up in a house that i knew a little bit about wine and then i went of course to stellenbosch university which is the hub of the wine it's like going to Napa university nearly (laughs) it's the hub of the wine wine industry in south africa if you're in stellenbosch you're, you're surrounded by vineyards and winemakers and wine which was absolutely amazing so i did a degree in food science um, and then I ended up in a wine laboratory, being the quality manager and wine um, and, yeah, quality and laboratory manager and uh, re- doing research and development. And I obviously saw the process of winemaking and the influence the winemaker can have on this amazing um, product. And I did my master's degree um, in knowledge and viticulture, drove like a crazy person from the winery because <laughs> at that point I was 300 kilometers. Oh, away from, from, from Stellenbosch University doing my master's degree. So I drove like drove like a crazy person up and down because I did some extra subjects together with it. But I just loved it. Uh, never mind doing it. It took me three years to do my master's degree. I ventured out of um, the quality research development into being the red wine maker for a very large um, industrial uh, cooperative winery, which is an amazing school to learn everything because you learn consistent wine wine making. You learn how to work with the terroir, the the harvest conditions because. You have to make consistent wine doesn't matter irrespective of of what happens on the outside and then of course from there um i did my phd i'm a i I just love learning and i love research as well so i did my phd using uh, modern technology infrared spectroscopy and natural winemaking because i was intrigued why it's so different than commercial inoculated wine so um yeah and the rest is history i work for an international wine company and 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 i'm here now so it was an amazing journey
0: well we're just delighted to visit with you and and i think it's so important to bring people's focus to um b- practicing uh, eco- ecologically sound practices and and watching our earth's yeah. resources so uh, thank you for what you're yeah. doing with first leaf
2: thank you it's it's only it's absolutely my pleasure i i never work a day in my life so much i enjoy what i'm doing
0: that's true
1: well, i can hear the enthusiasm in your voice so it's wonderful
0: thank, thank you, you so much This it
2: it's only my pleasure thank you for having me and, and having first leaf on your show
0: absolutely we love it thank yeah. you so much I'm, com- uh, I'm coming up on the uh, 29th, which I think is a Saturday, so I don't know if you'll be around on the weekend, but if you are, I'm I'll around. give you a holler.
2: Yeah, do that. I'm definitely around. That would be great, and yes. And th-
0: this is the best number to reach you?
2: This is my personal number, Okay,
0: yes. thank you, Miranda. But such a um, joy to talk with you.
2: Only a pleasure. Have a great evening. You
0: too. Bye-bye. Thank
2: you. Bye.
0: Bye-bye. Isn't she a fascinating lady?
2: She
1: she really is. Um, again, I, I just could listen to her and not the knowledge she has. And when you asked her about being called doctor, she goes, I don't go with titles.
0: No, I'm Miranda. And she mentioned the uh, the way they package their shipments. And we got a shipment, and I can vouch for that. They have the, the shredded newspaper that uh, in the packaging in the middle. that They just pay attention to every last detail. I also visited their website, which I highly recommend you do. It's firstleaf.com. And they start by asking you lots of questions. Do you like your wines crisp? Do you like them sweet? Do you like this? Do you like... And it's, it'll take you about five minutes, and then they create a profile for you. Well, based on your answers, we think you'd like this wine. We think you'd like this wine.
1: A lot of wineries should do that when you go in there for a taste. I mean, they kind of do, but not to that extent.
0: Which brings us to the wine we have in our glass today, which is the Bodegas Vice Royalty 2020 Pinot Noir from Chile. This is a South American wine. Look at the color, Kat.
1: That color is beautiful. Beautiful red.
0: That's, That's the official slurp. Slurp. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you heard it first. The official cords, fines, and dines slurp. Yep.
0: That's <laughs> we should, how you we get should start our
1: show with that every time.
0: <laughs> or not. That's how you get air into the wine. It, but it's I uh, absolutely recommend you t- practice with water <laughs> before you do wine. I've seen it go bad. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So, okay, um, quick game of food, or do you want to go on to Matthew?
3: Let's go on to Matthew. Okay. Hi, this is Cat Ellis. I am with Cords Vines and Dines, and I am so thrilled to be on uh, interviewing. Excuse me, with Matthew Kinslow, who is the author juggling the issues living with Asperger's syndrome. How are you doing today, Matthew?
4: I'm doing wonderful today. Thank you
3: for having me. Oh, thanks for being on our show. You were, I, I, I've been reading your book off and on. I kind of glanced through so it. I haven't had time to read it from cover to cover. But i got to say, you were diagnosed at age six with Asperger's. Um, was that a hard diagnosis to get? Do you know if your parents had a hard time getting that diagnosed.
4: Well, uh, what I do remember is I had the diagnosis at age six. I wasn't formally told until I was actually in high school, uh, ninth grade. And when I was told exactly what I had, my entire life had it made sense at that point.
3: Now, go ahead.
4: uh, I was just going to say my mother was their number one supporter all the way, um, advocating for me with my elementary teachers and helping me out.
3: Now, I read in your book, I mean, there was so much in there um, that the Royal Rangers seem to be what really got you going and keep, keep, keeping you focused in your life. You uh, praise them highly for everything, and you're still involved with them, aren't you?
4: Yes. In fact, I was there last night teaching.
3: <laughs> no. Um, now, I told you I have a grandson who is autistic and he was given a diagnosis at age three, very reluctantly. They didn't want to give him a diagnosis because one of the things they said was, um, he looks you in the eyes, so he can't be autistic. They wanted to give him a different diagnosis. Now, I know, I think in your book, you've mentioned something about Asperger's, about not looking, in the, uh, looking people in the eyes. Um, can you kind of go on that a little bit can you explain, is there anything behind how you felt about that or you're still feeling about it? I think you mentioned in there that, that people, if they don't look you in the eyes or something, that you have sort of an issue with that or something about it that comes up with you. Can you explain that a little bit? Sure, yeah. Um, eye contact is
4: a little bit hard for us to have autism. But again, once you meet one person with autism, you haven't met everybody. I've heard that some of us force eye contact and kind of been, um i heard make other people uncomfortable inadvertently. If you like force eye contact and then others, it's hard for us to remember to maintain like appropriate eye contact and such when we're speaking. Um, and other times when I'm talking to people. Um, if they don't have eye contact back to me and they seem to be looking maybe behind me or down or something that's happening to the side, I personally am a little bit wondering or questioning if they're listening to me, if if they're engaged with, with me, and I'm thinking if I do that, if they're talking to me and I'm looking away, when I'm really listening to them, would they think, that i'm not interested in what they're saying the truth is i am interested in what they're saying but for people on the spectrum like me it's easy for us to get distracted by trivial things that might uh, happen around us maybe like a butterfly that flies or a siren down the street
3: you are um you are absolutely amazing from everything i've been reading about you now you didn't go through um you know like ABA therapy or any of that kind of therapy did you I didn't see that in there but I might have not caught that in your book yet did you have yeah, any? what was that I'm sorry
5: yeah I, I have not
3: and and somehow you were able to gain do all this I'm sure with your mother and your family's help and and also with the uh uh the royal rangers that you, you've got, had some sort of guidance, something that kept you going, that got you in the right direction to overcome a lot of the disabilities of Asperger's, or now autism. Uh, that's the only way I could surmise at how well you have done. You must have some sort of uh, internal drive that got you going. Um, can you explain any of that?
4: Yeah, I would love to try to. Um, I guess inside I always wanted to contribute to society and to my friends and family and it was also hard at the same time because of the social aspect of having autism. I I was very, very shy. I'm sorry,
3: Tom. Tom just came into the studio, so have you you've been uh, you've been talking a lot with Tom and he just now got here. So Hello
0: Matthew. Hello, Tom. Nice to meet you. Likewise. Can
3: you pick up where we left off on that, do you think?
4: Yeah. I remember exactly where um, I was talking about friends. Um, I think I was talking about this. So, I made a lot of friends growing up, but it was hard for me to um, to like put my foot forward and ask if I could spend time with them. But deep down, I I had this the drive, the motivation to never give up. I never gave up on juggling or piano playing. And I guess inside I believe I had a purpose, and I wanted to follow through that purpose whatever, however I can.
3: Now, um, you, you brought up juggling, which is, is really just kind of blew me away when I was reading that because uh, you cannot just really – classify everybody with autism or with Asperger's into one category. I know when my grandson was uh, first diagnosed with autism somebody said oh you got to watch Rain Man and I told my daughter I said no don't because you're going to have a preconceived idea of what an autistic person is going to be like and I'm sure well Asperger's autism and and one of the things you know is coordination but you have picked up juggling and that is just absolutely phenomenal that you could do that. Um, that that just come naturally? Did you just pick it up, or did you see somebody on TV doing it, or how did you start juggling?
4: Well, it was all because my aunt loves planes, airplanes. Wow. And I guess the question is, is how do airplanes and juggling coincide? Well, <laughs> my aunt went to an air show and brought back some souvenirs, and one of them was like a, like a set of cards with different – like type of planes, and then another one was like a, it's like a stress ball that looked like a baseball, and I just started tossing it up and down when I was about 10 years old, and from there I went from one to two, and then two to three, and then two in one hand, and I just kept at it, and by sixth grade graduation, I got four going.
3: Wow, that's like very good hand-eye coordination.
0: That's remarkable. Matthew, by chance, have you ever heard of a an actor named W.C. Fields? I don't, uh, that doesn't ring a bell. Okay. I, I, Way I'm back glad. when. <laughs> yeah, back in the 1930s, so don't feel bad. I'm going to encourage you to do a YouTube search for W.C. Fields mm-hmm. Juggling. At the time, he was the world's greatest juggler. He juggled cigar boxes, among other things. He, I think you'd get a kick out of it.
4: Okay, yeah, I've seen, like, tons of uh, jugglers uh, before. I, I may have, but I'll probably look that up. Okay, terrific.
3: Now, the other thing I want to talk to you about is music. I have found that there is a lot uh music and autism Asperger's. I, I, I don't want to keep saying Asperger's because that's no longer a recognized diagnose. So are you, do you, well, I got a couple of questions here. Do you consider yourself when you talk to people as saying that you have Asperger's or do you say you're autistic?
4: Nowadays, I just say autism
3: okay and then um the other thing is do you find that there's a lot of autistic and uh music uh, related with autism i know my grandson is a huge music fan all types of music and it seems to be something that he can relate to and you play piano well you play uh, multiple instruments don't you uh yeah a
4: little bit of others but Mostly my specialty is piano.
3: What what prompted you to get going with the piano to start with music?
4: My mother had like a, a housekeeping job at a condo and I mentioned it in my book. Um, it's a friend of ours in Fullerton, they had a piano in their condo and when I was like four and five and six I was always like like intrigued with the instrument and so those friends proctored or paid for my after school program in third grade and that's somewhat how I got started now and you then from there I um yeah then from there I just self-taught myself I took what they gave me like the booklets and everything and I just self-taught myself everything else the chords and all that
3: do you read music then
4: uh, more like lead sheets so like mm. if you have like the grand staff, like bass clef and treble clef, I can't really read that, but if if I have like the the treble clef and the chords on top I could um I could do that and do some fill ins and all that.
3: Now you were nonverbal for a long time when you were growing up, correct?
4: I actually had a speech impediment, so I was talking and making sounds, but it was more of an impediment.
3: Okay. did anybody try to teach you or work with you on sign language or did they just try to correct your speech work with you on your speech
4: it was mostly speech uh, my mom actually signs here and there like music and such and so I learned some sign language but uh, growing up I had like uh, speech therapy so they um, went over the phonics and everything with me
3: oh that's great now You've been so self-driven, from what I could tell, uh, and you've gone on to college and gotten yourself a couple of degrees, which I think is just absolutely wonderful. How did you pick the degrees that you, uh, like, you've got an Associate of Science degree in Chemistry and a Bachelor of Science degree in Biochemistry? And you're also working on your Master of Arts in Education. How did you pick those subjects?
4: Well, um, in elementary school, I really hated science. (laughs) end of And then at the end of high school, um, I started to love science and started to understand it uh, so well that, you know, I thought chemistry was getting a bit easy to understand. I enrolled myself in anatomy and everything, and that was fun and easy and um I guess I just went with it and so I got to OCC. I was an undeclared major for a long time as I was figuring things out because I was conflicted between teaching and a physician assistant or somewhere in the medical field and um very like six years long story short um I got a degree in chemistry took all those classes and such went to Vanguard and from there got a degree in biochemistry I chose biochemistry because I looked it up in like a book about majors and I saw biochemistry it leaked out of the page and I'm like I think that's perfect for me so I researched it and talked to a couple people at Vanguard University and I went with it and then 2021 I had both degrees at that point.
3: Wow that that is just wonderful now I was reading that you have been, uh, your students uh, have given you the title as the best sub, <laughs> and they want you to come back. Um, what is your ultimate goal in your life right now?
4: Well, uh, a couple of years ago, I long story short, dropped the medical passions, and I just want to go straight into um, middle school math teaching.
3: Mm. Oh. That's wonderful. Now, on your book, uh Uh, I I want to finish reading it. Like I said, I just had a a chance to to glance through it, but I do want to finish it. I hope we could have you back on our show again to talk some more. Do you have another book in the making, or is this going to be it?
4: I actually do. I'm done with the first draft of another book about my teaching experience, like my early passions from elementary school to, to going through student teaching, and my experience in substitute teaching. So I'm already done with the first draft, but of course I need to go over it again and make sure everything's
0: okay. We would absolutely love to have you back, and I I plan on being here for the entire visit next time.
4: Okay, well, it would be an honor to be back. Thank
0: you, Matthew.
3: We really appreciate you being on the show, and I'm very honored to be speaking and interviewing you. I think you are just absolutely Incredible with what you've accomplished. And you're
0: a huge inspiration.
3: Definitely.
4: Thank you so much. I really appreciate it.
3: All right. Well, thank you so much, and we'll be in touch with you some more. Thank you. Thanks, you're welcome. Matthew. Have
0: a good evening. Bye bye, Matthew. You too.
4: Hi, this is Martha Davis from the Motels, and you're listening to 10 Temecula Entertainment
0: Network. Well,
1: isn't Matthew just an incredible
0: Kid, uh, you can hardly call him a kid. He's a remarkable young man. He's yeah, and yeah. Uh, so multifaceted. Uh, that book, juggling the issues, uh, is uh, uh, so well written and and so thoughtful. And uh, he's got, as you'll hear in the inter- as you heard in the interview, uh, just finished the first draft of his second book. So, what and he's, he's going, achi-
1: for, going for his masters too.
0: Remarkable, yeah. remarkable person. And uh,
1: no special treatment. No therapy, nothing. All on his own, very self-driven, just incredible.
0: Well, I'm going to choose a card for you at random. We'll just do one game of food. So you're going to quiz me on cooking tools and techniques, and I'm going to quiz you on ingredients. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, you think you got me? I have no idea. (laughs) All right, fire away.
1: Okay, cooking tools and techniques. Okay. In Russian households, a samovar, s-a-m-o-v-a-r,
0: samovar, okay,
1: is essential for making A, borscht, b t c C, pel- pelmeni, or D, pickles.
0: I'm going to say C, pelmeni. <coughs> oh, you got me. I got you, I got you, I got you. Pickles? T. Tea. Tea. tea, interesting. Okay, you got me good. Yep, tea. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> and if you get this one right, you, you will win this week. Oh, gosh. No pressure. American Southerners traditionally eat these beans on the first day of the new year to bring wealth and good luck. American Southerners. Is it A, green beans, B, black eyed peas, C, chickpeas, or D, black beans? Uh, no pressure.
1: Oh, gosh. I'm torn. Uh, what was it again? G-
0: green beans is mm. A. No. B is black-eyed peas. C is chickpeas. D is black beans.
1: B, black-eyed peas. Ding, 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 ding.
0: You win. You're the winner Whee! of the game of food. First time. Well, good for you. Okay. All right, which brings us to our grand finale. And oh, uh. boy, what a treat we have for you.
1: Oh, Prince Fleet Easton. Yep. I am honored to call him my friend, he is an incredible entertainer, uh, actor, singer. Um, oh my God! I, I you'll hear it all in this interview. I I can't say. It. I mean, he does it all, and he just seems to be so untiring while he does it.
0: You showed me a video earlier of him uh, performing for a, a, a mostly uh, senior audience. I would say, and he's up on the table. He's got them up off their feet, dancing and moving around. Uh, he just uh, he is the definition of entertainer.
1: And he has so much more going on that uh that than he's already done. I just can't wait to hear. I follow him on Facebook. Yep. And that's where our listeners can follow him too.
0: Let's go do our interview with Prince Fleet Easton. Let's do that. On chords, vines and, and dice. Oh
1: and we're gonna end with his two songs.
0: Yes, yeah, Shine mm-hmm. and White.
1: Did, did we did I mention uh his song, Why Can't Christmas Be Here Every Day, is the soundtrack for the movie Hashtag,
0: hashtag Blast. Yep, was. so we'll end the show with that.
1: We're going to end with those two. So until next week, thank you, everybody.
0: Thank you so much for listening to Cords, Vines, and Dines. Hello at Cords, Vines, uh, CBD Radio is the email address. Hello at CVD Radio. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to, if you have a guest suggestion or if you'd like to be our engineer or if you'd like to help with our social media. Um We're not too proud to beg. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Have a good week. Bye-bye. Hi,
3: this is kat Ellis, and I am so excited to be talking with my friend, a longtime friend now we, we met a long time ago, Mr. Prince Fleet Easton. Prince, how are you doing today?
5: I am doing just fantastic, Kat, and I am just so excited that we're able to reconnect here. It's been quite a while. It's been, I think, maybe four years or whatever, five years since before COVID, and so much has happened. I'm just so excited to be here to share with you all that's transpiring in my life.
3: I have got to say, you are one of the most busiest people in show business that I have ever seen. Uh, A total go-getter. You're right out there. You don't back away from anything. You keep going forward. How do you do it? Uh... Well, uh, well, I was going to ask you something
4: you said about the hardest working person. It was so funny because some of the entertainers uh, that I work with, they
5: have said the same thing. And I said, well, thank God that uh, James Brown is gone because now I've taken over his spot <laughs> as the hardest working man in show business. Um, I just, you know what I do? I am just I just let things happen. Um basically, I, I don't pursue stuff. It just shows up at my door, and I think it's part of all the years of me doing what I do, and as you said, oh, never saying no, just showing up. You know, our friend Robbie Motter, that's his, her... Uh, saying, you know, you just show up because you never know what treasure is waiting for you, so now um, I'm at a point in my career that things just show up and I say yes, and they always lead me to my su- next success
3: I gotta say you must have some awesome karma to to have that happen to you, but you've got the talent I, you well, know, it, you it, are it. just, oh, excuse it. me, one incredible um, entertainer I can't I mean that's just to sum it up. You're you're a singer, uh, you're an actor, you're you're a total performance. You're you're just everything, all in one little bundle there. It's just incredible what you do.
5: Well, you know, I'm kind of like a throwback, and and so many people say that to me. I'm like a throwback to the to the golden age, you know, of like Sammy Davis Jr. and people, and to that effect, and uh, Jimmy. Jimmy Jimmy Darren, not Jimmy Darren, uh, James Darren, and all them. And so I, uh, Bobby Darren. Bobby Darren, you got like. that other out. You got that. Out. Yeah, Bobby Darren. And um, I'm just. I guess it's because I've done so much in my career that. What's happening now is everything that I have done or experienced is all coming together and working as one unit. So it's making me an all-around entertainer, uh, just like they did in the old days, you know, what they call a triple threat. And there's not a lot of those around today. They, you know, people easy to specialize in singing or their acting. You have a few that's able to transfer over. And this is what's interesting, too, in the business is that there's still that thing that if you're an actor, they don't feel that you can sing. And if you're a singer, you can't act. I mean, there's many people, Cher went through it, many different singers, uh, trying to, you know, expand into their other areas of talent they do. But what's interesting is that I'm able to transcend that, and I'm able to go back and forth and back and forth, and people just accept it, and they kind of know that's who I am as a, an artist, that I am able to do everything. Oh, you do. I did, I did have an agent once tell me. I was going to share this with you. I did have an agent share with me once. They, they said, we don't know what to do with you. You do so many different things that we don't <laughs> know what to do with you. So... They, they suggested, they said, you know what, focus on one thing, become very successful with that, and the door other doors then will open for you. So what I did was when I came to California, I kind of put my acting on the back burner and just pursued the singing career, and what has happened now, it has opened the door now for me to do my acting and other things. And it's interesting that people will go, oh, you're acting now. Well, no, I've been acting all my career and my life. You just didn't know I was doing that. You just didn't see that aspect of it because I hadn't shown it to you. So those opportunities are all coming now, and I'm very excited because I used to always say and I was manifesting that I want to sing in the soundtrack of feature films, and that's exactly what I'm doing now. I'm I'm having the opportunity of movies that I'm working with to be able to sing in the soundtrack. Now, one thing that I really, really want that I've always manifested was I want to sing a James Bond theme. That oh. is my ultimate goal.
3: Oh, that would be the ultimate. Yes, that would be the ultimate. Oh my gosh. Oh. Now, when did you... Well, i got to go back. Uh, you okay. brought up so many things here. Now, you started singing at age five. You're from originally from Akron, Ohio. Yes.
5: Yes, I actually, when I was five years old, I was singing, and I was heard, I singing at a Bible school, a Sunday school, and someone heard me that was with the orchestra, and they thought that I was really good, and they... Offered me an opportunity to do a song with the orchestra, and that started basically kind of my career. But I came in with this, and I I've always I always tell people this is not something that I chose; it chose me. Um, I knew as a child what I was going to do all my life. I knew it. It, I just didn't know how to get there, but I knew this was what I was going to do, and I've been very fortunate and blessed that I've been able to do it my whole life, and I still have the enthusiasm and the thrill all of these years later that I had before I started becoming successful. I still love what I do.
3: Well, that, that is, I mean, you could see it. And um, when I first met you, you were doing a lot of, like, Sinatra you know, the old school. And and I gotta right. say I watched your video this morning yes. and I absolutely love that with Judy Garland, all the little Thank clips you. in there and all Great. the other uh I saw was it Peter Lawford in there? Um
5: Mhm. And and Liza Minnelli. Liza Minnelli and- Yeah, Liza and I are connected on Facebook. We've we've talked through Messenger back and forth. She hasn't seen it as far as I know so far, but I'm waiting to hear what her response is. I'm sure she will be honored that I have done this.
3: I I mean, I am honored that you've done that. It's just absolutely gorgeous. And I did see Liza Minnelli perform years ago back at the, uh, I think it was at the then Universal Studios. And she was incredible. I just got to throw that in because she – Oh, no,
5: she is. She was incredible. Oh, my God. I mean, she – I think, to me, she became an icon at the level that her mother was. I mean, for her generation. Oh, yeah. Judy had her generation in it. I mean, she was at the top, and I I still love her dearly.
3: And those clips you put in you know, of her mom with Judy Garland, I had forgotten about some of those movies. Yes. I was in there trying to like, okay, I know that movie, I know that one. What okay. is it? You know, and uh, it was absolutely wonderful. And your your vocal, your your whole, all you were just great. Thank I you. I was just blown away. Um, I didn't post it on there, but I want to see you brought tears to my eyes, just tears Aww. of joy, just, Thank just, you. just. Beautiful, what you have done with that.
0: Well,
5: you know, I did this song as an honor also to the songwriter, Paul Weston from Wales. Uh, He presented me with this song several years ago, and I knew immediately, when you're a singer and you hear a song, and you know you have to sing it, that it's your song, you just have to do it. And I knew that I would, one day, this was going to be presented to the world, and I told Paul that. I said, you know, Paul. I said, I don't know how I'm going to do this, but I'm going to take this song to the world. And the sad part is that after I recorded it, he got to hear it and he loved it. And then he died oh. at, of a heart attack at 55 years old,
4: oh, and his, great to hear. was
5: not and, and, and it's not. Well, he's not here now to see wh- where I'm taking this.
3: Well, I'm sure he's watching over you. I, I, I think you are being channeled. I swear when I listen to you and see some of your work, you're being channeled. You've got, you've got Sinatra. You've got uh, Dean Martin in mm-hmm. it. You've got the, the Rat Pack in you. Yeah. Um, and you're being channeled. I, I really see that. And probably some Judy, too, in there. It's just absolutely incredible right. what you do. And there are very few performers out there that are doing what you do.
5: Well you know when you're when you're a singer you are a compilation of all the different singers that you have listened to that you're attracted to so there's a little bit of Elvis in there there's a little bit of Frank Sinatra in there there's I mean if you really will dissect my voice you will hear uh, a little bit of those tones because those are those are artists that you know that I love, and I would listen to their music, so um, I guess like a symbiotic symbiotic way, you're absorbing that into your system, and it just shows up in your vocals, so yeah, if you listen to a lot of singers, you can hear the influences, that's the word I'm searching for, the influences that influence them in their voice, and I'm all those, the ones that you mentioned, and many of them. I'm Josh. I've got Josh Groban and uh, Andre Buccelli and I mean all those also they're all in there little pieces of them all woven in there.
3: Well what I see is you've done all of that. You've taken all those pieces but at the same time you're still making them your own. You've done it. That's
5: it. it. That's it. You take all those pieces and and you created you created your own thing. That's why that's what I'm saying like every singer has all the different combinations, but those combinations creates your own specific sound and who you are and your voice. So when people hear that voice, they know automatically who it is.
3: Oh, definitely.
5: You just know when you hear it.
3: And I've been fortunate enough to see you perform and what a showman you are oh my gosh you 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 have everybody just clapping and on their feet and just it's just wonderful what you're doing when i first saw you i was with cheryl somerville and we were both going oh my gosh this guy is incredibly good
5: He's a ball of fire. Well, you know, and it's so funny because you know I have this shtick if I get on furniture and I climb, scrambling yeah. and <laughs> and it's, I was I was in Las Vegas uh, a year ago and stuff, and I was I was up hanging off the balcony and stuff, and it's it's funny because in some of these. Uh, places, venues where I perform and stuff, Uh, you can see the owner having a heart attack. You know, and I never (laughs) know what I'm going to do because it's organic. Uh, It just, if I feel it, I do it. And uh, I've seen some of them almost have a heart attack, like praying, please don't fall, please don't fall. And thank God I'm limber and very agile like a cat, so I'm always able to land on my
3: feet. Well, is that could that be part of the, you you took up ballet lessons or
5: yeah, I was yeah i I was a ballet dancer oh and I studied with america ballet theater and and uh, Juilliard and ballet arts that that was one section of my career. So all the things that I've kind of done have all kind of come together to create who I am. and I was a gymnast and I was a national skating champion and and so I you know, on top of acting, I mean, I was doing a dozen, like you, I'm doing a dozen other things at the same time. But all of them have come together now, and they're, it's it's my time. Um, I'm very aware of it now. You know, so for so many years, as you're going along in your career, you, you really don't understand or, or feel that you're making an impact. Then all of a sudden, one day, and you realize, oh, my God, you know, I I have arrived, because you're always thinking, you know, when I get there, when I get there, well, you know, the thing is, that's an elusive thing, because getting there is always getting there, you never really arrive, but I have realized now that I have stepped over into where I've been trying to get to all my career, so I'm getting international uh, success and exposure and stuff now, so... That's kind of like, I guess, how I judge uh, my success or my impact that I'm making in the business of what I do. So now I'm kind of aware that, wow, you know what? I am there, and it's just getting even bigger now.
3: Well. You, you live out in Palm Springs, and yes. how long ago was it you you actually I made mean the, was it the Wall, uh, I mean the Walk of Fame out in Palm Springs? Yes, I got,
5: I, I got a star on the Walk of Fame six years ago. Uh, it's at 369 North Palm Canyon, if everybody is ever in Palm Springs, right in front of the Azul restaurant, and, you know, I came here 16 years ago with the whole in, uh, determination I was going to make this happen. I was working in Florida for 16 years doing movies and television, and I I was singing with an opera company. I was starring in a theatrical production company. I was co-hosting a television show. I was giving reports for NASA Radio, and I was singing with a 52-piece orchestra. And I have a voice that guides me. You know, you we were talking about channeling earlier. I uh, have a voice that guides me, and while I was on stage singing for 5,000 people, the voice came in and said, you got to go to Palm Springs, California. You got to be there to meet the people who are going to take you to the next place in your life and career. And I really knew nobody here. I'd been here on tour and I just made the statement when I was here that it was so beautiful that I would love to be able to live there someday. Well, that came about. And so when the voice said I had to come here, I walked away from all those jobs, got in my car and drove three thousand miles all by myself and started all from ground zero and it's take it took me till two thousand and ten to start making connections in Hollywood and now the doors have just opened for me and i you know i'm being offered movies and singing in the soundtrack of feature films and i'm very very honored and blessed that, that i'm have finally reached hollywood what was always my dream as a child you know as a child it was really funny my parents nobody in my family did what i did and they didn't know where i came from and my Relatives kept saying, "You got to put this kid in show business. You got to put this kid in show business." Well, in Akron, Ohio, there isn't too much show business there, <laughs> and so, but I kept telling my parents, "I don't understand how I got here because I was supposed to be in California." And I said that my whole life, I kept saying, "I'm supposed to be in California," and every time I would think about California, I would get like very sad, and and I don't know if, like I said, I was. Killing, I don't know if people, what they believe in, if I was telling the previous life or, or whatever, but something just told me this is where I was supposed to be. And I would tell my acting teachers, I'd say, you know, Donna, I said, I don't know why, but I'm supposed to be in California. And I get really sad and depressed when I think about it. And so The opportunity came in 2007 when The Voice spoke to me. Uh, It says I drove in my car, and it was so funny. As I'm traveling across the country, um, I'm thinking I'm like Lewis and Clark, (laughs) trudging a a path through the wilderness for my family to follow behind me, and that was my whole thought the whole time.
3: Oh, that's incredible. i got to tell you. You and I have one at least one thing in common is that we both have, uh, we both have achieved the lifetime achievement award. Yes. I have one and we, you have one and I'm so excited to to say it. I'm honored actually to be sharing that kind of award with you. It is absolutely you. incredible. You are, are are just absolutely phenomenal with everything you do. Um uh, so are We're going to showcase uh, A couple of your songs on our show and when you're talking about being in a featured film one of them that you were um why can't Christmas be every day
5: why can't Christmas be here every day from the movie hashtag blessed and that's uh, that was from a that's a dear friend who owns the production company Martina Webster uh it's Darmar Productions and her daughter is, writes the movies, and she produces them. Her daughter is Dahlia Faulkner, and she's an amazing, amazing writer, and they're doing a whole sequence of ten, kind of like Harry Potter sequence, and the next one is getting ready to go in production, it's called The Christmas Witch, and they make family friendly movies they're they're kind of like Hallmark they're basically hallmark movies and uh, we had a wonderful director that directed Hallmark I uh, directed hashtag glass from hallmark and so yeah that's what, it was wonderful and I'm I, uh, I do a cameo in the film, um, and I'm in the soundtrack, and in the soundtrack in the film, and the song is "Why Can't Christmas Be Here Every Day," written by my dear friend Keith Williams and Joni Weston, and that was really interesting. I, I, you know, I talked about how things show up at your door. So one day I was very, I was just feeling my energy was down, and I said, "Everybody, send you know, send me energy on Facebook," and I had just received a call from, uh, for hashtag bliss And they said, we want you in the soundtrack. Do you have a Christmas song? And I said, no, I said, I'm not a songwriter, but I know enough people that can write a song that I'm sure will come up with something. Well, it was so funny that right before that, I didn't know it. I hadn't checked my emails that, I opened my email right after the conversation, and Keith Williams had sent me this the song, Why Can't Christmas Be Here Every Day? Now, you talk about a divine guidance and a serendipitous moment. Mm-hmm. And I went, oh, my God, this is the song for the movie. Who would, who would think I would just get off of the phone talking with somebody about making a Christmas movie, and a Christmas song shows up in my email? Oh. And I called I called uh, Martina and I said, "Oh my God, I have the song." And um, so that's what it was. And they we went in and, and recorded and produced the song. And and I know you'll be playing that uh, on the show. And it's an absolutely beautiful, beautiful song. I I see it as like a Christmas standard uh, somewhere in the
3: future. And also, you've got your song "Shine."
5: Yes, New Shine. If people want to go to my Facebook. They can check me out on Facebook. Um, it's also on YouTube, Shine. And like, as I said, that was written by Paul Weston. And I've got to give a shout out to my dear friend Brian Off uh, and Doc Skinner, who also worked on the production. Brian did all, shot all the video of me, and Doc Skinner was the video production uh, producer, and which did an amazing, amazing job on that.
3: All right, so what's next for you?
5: Okay, the next is right now I'm working on, well, I've got a song coming out with Brian, huh? and it's called Who Will Carry You? Oh, my God, it is so beautiful. You talk about another situation of divine guidance. I um, There's somebody that's doing a movie right now, and I thought, well, you know, let me see about getting – a song in the f- in the film. So uh, I told Brian the name of the movie, and I sent him the tr- uh, like a little clip of video and stuff. Of it, and I said, let's write a song for this movie. And we wrote the song called "Who Will Carry You." Now it's taken on a life of its own. It is now being na- mastered um, at an Oscar and Emmy winning studio in Hollywood right now. And I want to tell you. And I say this from the bottom of my heart, and whatever I say comes true. <laughs> <laughs> this song is going to win an award for Best Song in a Feature
3: Film. Oh, that's great.
5: The, even the engineers, when we were recording it, said, Oh, my God, this is such an incredible, incredible powerful song. It's a power ballad that will bring tears to your eyes. Oh. And uh, so that's what I'm working on. And I'm also working on a new movie called La- The Lost Ship with director, let me say this right, XR Allahabadi. Uh, out of India, and I will be also in that film and singing in the soundtrack uh, in German. So I've been taking uh, German from a teacher to learn all of my lyrics and the dialogue and stuff that I need for the film. So uh, something like, <laughs> <laughs> So I've been working for the last two and a half months on that. They're getting ready to go into production. It's going to be shot on five continents. Um, I will be doing all my stuff in Los Angeles, and it will come out next year, and it's going to be 3D IMAX. And The Lost Ship is about the lost ship of gold that Hitler tried to get out of Germany uh, before he was killed. And the ship was heading to India, and the ship, is lost, and it's about the search for the ship. It's based on a true story.
3: Wow, that sounds incredible! Mm-hmm. Really good. Well, Prince, I I thank you so much for your time, taking the time to talk with us. Mm-hmm. Of course, vines and dines, and where can our listeners find you? What is your website address?
5: Well, I don't have a website right now, but like I said, they can find me on Instagram at Fleet Easton one two three, or on Facebook at Prince Fleet Easton, um, or check me out. I do have a YouTube channel, Prince Fleet Easton.
3: Wonderful. I thank you so much, and I hope we can connect again here on our show. Maybe in a few months and get brought up to date with everything else that's going on with you. Because I know your your career is just taking off even further than you can imagine it ever would. And you're just going to keep going. And I'm so grateful oh, that I can call you my friend. and I have one more
5: thing to share. In October 1st, I'm receiving the first out Actor-Singer Celebrity Award
3: in Paris, France. Oh! Yay! Yay. <laughs> How exciting. Well, maybe we can talk to you right after that yes. and you can share your there you, experience.
5: There you go. Thank you.
3: All right. Thank you so much, Prince. And I really, I look forward to following you on Facebook all the time. And I just share with your enthusiasm with you because you are so totally deserve it all. You are just Thank incredible. You
5: so Thank you. And it's so wonderful being here with you today.
3: Thank you. And I will talk with you soon.
5: Have a blessed day.
3: Thank you. You too. Alright, bye-bye. bye-bye.
6: Why can't Christmas be here every day? So we all can hear the children say Put your boots on, come let's go Pull your sled up through the snow Let's fly down the biggest hill in town Take turns making angels in the snow, and pretend our wings can fly, let's go, as we're soaring from above, singing songs of peace and love, spreading joy to those who need it most of all. can Christmas be here every day? Cause we all have fun on holidays We'll be gliding on the snow Put your gloves on, come let's go Let's fly down the biggest hill in town Can't Christmas be here every day? Let's go check the presents neath the tree. Maybe there is one for you and me. Killer singing. This is what the season's for Sharing time with family, friends and more. Why can't Christmas be here every day? So we all can hear the children say Put your gloves on, come let's go Pull your sled up through the snow Let's fly down the biggest hill in town As we hear the children say Santa's on his way, hooray Why can't Christmas be here Can Christmas be here every day?
4: Hi, this is Vince Mendoza, and you are listening to Chords, Vines, and Dines.